0: This Saturday morning on Gesundheit with Jacobus, I will talk about total body cleansing. It is springtime and people feel the urge to get rid of winter blues or maybe a certain feeling of physical and emotional heaviness. I will be talking with Dr. Gaetano Morello, who wrote a book about total body cleansing. He is in private practice and also a nutritional consultant and educator for the supplement company Nature's Way. Dr. Gaetano Morello's message comes highly recommended, and you may learn some great stuff on safe body cleansing this Saturday morning.
1: Welcome to Gesundheit with Jacobus, health, talk, radio,
0: integrating allopathic and all natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. And good morning, everybody. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus. Good to be with you. Chuck Martel with me in the studio. Chuck, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Jacobus. Uh, you, I you heard you had a very interesting week uh, It started out with a uh, very powerful uh, TV show uh, this last Sunday, but maybe we can get to it later, talking about one of the guests who's been on this radio show many times and had kind of a bad rap at CBS TV. just shocking. Just shocking. But we'll talk about that more if it comes up. We are uh, good to have you with me in the studio, Chuck. It's always good. And uh, folks... uh, as always, as we talk about health, healing, or healthy lifestyles, the information that is given over here is just that. Information, education, entertainment. We're not here to diagnose, treat, or cure. Any further information you would like regarding your health or somebody close to you, make sure that after the program you either contact the guest directly or that you see a physician of your choice. And read up on information available over internet, uh, wonderful magazines, books, just become the best educated person you can be in your quest for better health. So once again, thanks for tuning in today to Gesundheit with Jacobus. We'll be on till 11 and we hope you stay with us as much as possible because we're having a very interesting program that we haven't talked about much. It is uh, cleansing, cleansing the body. And Dr. Gaetano Morello, who is with me on the phone, is a naturopathic physician practicing in West Vancouver, Canada. He received his Bachelor of Science degree from the University of British Columbia and is Doctor of Naturopathic Medicine from Bastia University of Natural Health Sciences in Seattle, Washington. For the past 15 years, Dr. Morello has been training and educating physicians, pharmacists and health experts on the scientific use of natural medicines in the field of cardiology, immunology, gastroenterology, anti-aging, and detoxification. Contributing author to the authoritative text on alternative medicine. The book is called A Textbook of Natural Medicine. He is also author of The Fiber Miracle. Dr. Morello has also written hundreds of articles, such as Article on Epilepsy, An Alternative Approach, Glucosamine Sulfate, A Novel Ingredient for Arthritis, Treating Epilepsy Effectively, Ozone therapy for the treatment of herniated intervertebral disc, psoriasis, understanding disease and treatment options, therapeutic choices on benign prostatic hyperplasia, natural medicine journal, probiotics, children, ear infections, cause and treatments. He is a lecturer and regular contributor to a number of magazines, journals and publications, and Dr. Morello has hosted and appeared on numerous television and radio shows discussing the power of natural medicine. And uh, Gaetano is spelled with a G-A-E-T-A-N-O. It's uh, his website, which is under construction, but that's where you can find more information very soon. It's drgaetano.com. Uh, Dr. Morello, I much appreciate your spending your time with me. Good morning to you, and thanks for, uh, thanks for being with us.
1: Good morning to you. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well, thank you you are a busy man uh running your clinic and uh, doing t- radio shows and tv shows uh i don't know how you fit it all in yeah you know and I have think, a family uh, yeah
1: you know i think you just adapt to uh, uh to the different levels of uh of uh busyness in your life and uh, that's what what well, that's what i've learned in, in the past uh, 20 years of uh of practicing and lecturing and uh i, I think as uh, as you get busier you 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 can adapt and uh uh and, and be successful at it uh you know uh, i remember darwin's when looking uh reading some of darwin's work and uh, he said it's not the uh necessarily the smartest or the strongest who survive but those who can adapt and uh
0: well that's that's true that's true
1: yeah so yeah. i've given a lot of thought to adaptation and, and also in health that we our bodies are always constantly trying to adapt to the environment around us so uh, hopefully, we'll get into that as we progress through the program today.
0: Yeah, it's uh, from the information that I received uh, f- about you, and and looking at some of the uh, clips that I saw about you, uh, you just love you just love talking with people about uh, these kind of topics and just giving little tidbits of information on TV shows, things that are practical. And uh, I know that majority of listeners who tune in every week to this program are indeed looking for. Uh, not just the scientific research that is being done, which I know you will share with us, but also just things that they say, you know, I can do this. I can I can literally, today, I can start it, and I know I'm going to be just fine.
1: Yeah, and, and because that's how I started, was with with tidbits of information. And, and what I mean by that is, uh, really, I, I got into the whole field of, of holistic medicine uh, nearly 25 years ago, and at that time, my, my mother was suffering from High blood pressure, hypertension, and uh, at that time she was uh, on a medication called Caterpre, uh... also known as Clonidine hydrochloride, okay. and she had been on this med for for a number of years, and uh, she wasn't in very good health. Or uh, uh, she would often uh, uh, faint and uh, pass out, uh, dizzy, not a lot of energy. Wow! Um, and and you know the whole family was concerned about her and. Uh, uh, for, for a number of good reasons. One, my grandfather had died of a heart attack, and my aunt had died of a stroke at the age of 52, and so uh, we were very much concerned about her. And at the time, I was, uh, I was embarking a career in mainstream medicine to become a surgeon. And uh, uh, my, my best friend's uncle, uh, Rudy Volpe, who I've mentioned many times, told me about his doctor in Vancouver, Dr. Roger Roger, who used natural products to treat his patients and I, I went to visit Dr. Roger Rogers and, and he told me, he was the one who introduced me to the uh, uh, to the vast array of information about how diet can play a role in helping reduce blood pressure and there's a lot of various causative factors of blood pressure yeah. that can be addressed yeah. uh, to help relieve some of the symptom patterns and that uh, you know that in Europe there's these tiny little herbs that they use uh, uh, to control blood pressure, and uh, uh, what we, anyways, what, what we eventually happened was we, uh, we developed a pro- protocol for my mother. I, I, I went to see our family doctor, uh, who had been our family doctor since I was a little boy, and uh, Dr. D'Amico, and I said, hey, Dr. D'Amico, I want to see this Roger Roger character. <laughs> We've got this program for her. Uh, well, here it is. What do you think? And, and you know, uh, this is 25 years ago, and, you know, for some strange reason, uh she agreed to put my mother on this program and we and we did and, and, nice. and lo and behold, within three months she was off her medications and her blood pressure was normal. It's been uh normal ever since. And oh, and yeah. that's how really my 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 shift happened and I I, I decided to get into uh naturopathic medicine and, and move down to Seattle and, and go to school there and uh but you know, one of my goals was you know, when I graduate I, I'm gonna make sure that I share the message with as many people as possible because if that message wasn't shared with me 25 years ago, yeah. uh, you know, w- you know, w- where would I be? Where would my mother be? So, uh, well, so this is one of the reasons uh, you know, why I like to talk about alternative medicine.
0: Yes, I I see that, and and now with what is available personally, uh, I talk to people all week long, and. One thing that I, that I feel with something like blood pressure today, uh, people come in and say, well, doctor said my blood pressure was a little elevated and they're concerned. And I say, well, that's, that's probably one of the easiest things to fix. And they, they look at you. And, and of course, I, I cannot say, well, I'm going to cure this. But the point is, it started at some point. Something went wrong. Uh, things changed in your life. Either stresses, or diet, or environment, work situation. Uh, you move to a bigger town, smaller town. It doesn't matter. Something changed, and your heart starts to tell you how it thinks about it and how it feels about it. And it's. Uh, uh, I feel personally that when people come in with blood pressure, that the gamut of in of 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 possibilities is so broad that there should be easier ways to, uh, to indeed help to regulate blood pressure instead of going on medication.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with you uh, because there is a lot of causative factors and, you know, uh, just stress alone. And when we know and, we, and when we understand the physiology of stress, I mean, what happens when you have stress is... Uh, 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 cortisol levels and, and adrenaline levels go up. Uh, obviously, uh, this is part of the stress, the, the fight-or-flight response, and, and when that happens, when cortisol goes up, you're gonna get more water retention in your blood vessels, and when you do that because you got more blood circulating because you're in a stressed situation, what happens is blood pressure goes up, so stressful situations increase blood pressure levels without doubt, and that's just one of the, uh, one of the factors, one of the causative factors Obviously, diet is, is another one, but uh, uh, you know, uh, to, 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 to deal with that, we need to look at re- reducing stress levels within the body. Now, <laughs> a lot of my patients would say, oh, yeah, that's easier said than done. How am I supposed to reduce stress levels? I can't. Yeah. I have to go to work. I got to yeah. go through traffic. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of natural substances that can actually allow the body to better adapt to stress. And I have only seen this in the scientific literature. I've seen that in a clinical, from a clinical perspective, in my clinical practice where there's certain uh, botanicals that can actually help a person better deal with stress, which is one of the main causative factors of elevated blood pressure. So there are things we can do.
0: Yeah, Dr. Morello, let's talk about those. But we have a caller who would like to jump in and ask a question. Caller, good morning. Thank you for tuning in. Your name, please. How can we help you? My name is Bob hey Bob Good morning to you good
2: morning um yeah I was just wondering about uh I heard you mention herniated discs um, wondering what uh what the solution to that is if he has one yeah well herniated discs are uh
1: you know a Man, there's there's a there's a lot of people that are that are developing this. And when you when you really look at the disc, you know you you, you have to have an understanding of, of the uh, of the anatomy and the physiology of a disc. Now, let me first state that 98% of, of herniated discs resolve themselves with rest. Now, so now let's look at what a herniated disc l- looks like, and what it is is uh, in your vertebrae. You have in between your vertebrae, you'll have these discs, and, and the discs. To give you an analogy, it looks something like a cantaloupe. There's a, a fibrous coat on the outside, and inside, there's this um, uh, there's this juice, and uh, it's basically mostly water. And so the 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 the, uh, the the function of that disc is to absorb shock or, or pressure uh, from one vertebrae to another. So they're 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 shock absorbers. Now, what happens with a herniation is keep visualizing that cantaloupe. Is that cantaloupe can get a crack in it, and so some of the juice comes out, or, or some of that fruit comes out of that cantaloupe because the fibrous coat's been broken, and then that that uh, that fruit starts impinging on a nerve, depending on where that cantaloupe cracked, and by impinging on the nerve, this is how you develop that pain, that radiating pain sometimes goes down to your, sometimes goes down to your ankle, to the front of the foot, the back of the leg, and it's uh, it, it, it's very very debilitating, so the caller, Bob, is probably talking about the fact that you mentioned some of my articles alternating this, so yeah, uh, yeah and, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how that, the ozone uh, I think that's what he was referring to uh, are, now, you,
0: are you still there, Bob? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so uh, so I just want to give you like a visual of, 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 of what that looks like, uh, utilizing the candle. then so I can tell you how, how the ozone actually has been shown to work for that Now, the, the treatment protocols uh, concurrently are, uh, you know, you probably heard of spinal compression, decompression, where they're actually pulling or stretching the spine. And the, the concept is, think about the cantaloupe. If you, know, if you kind of pull it, maybe some of that juice goes back inside because it relieves some of the pressure. This is the concept behind decompression. Rest kind of does the same thing. What ozone does, and it's really interesting, it was developed by uh, an orthopedic surgeon in northern Italy. Uh, his name is Cesare Verga, uh, Caesar Verga. Uh, uh, Verga, spelled V-E-R-G-A. Um, he developed this, and the reason why he developed this, he came up with this concept, which is interesting, because when I tell you, you'll, you'll, it's quite quite fascinating, uh, because he had some patients, because he did a lot of uh, 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 surgeries on, on on herniations, and uh-huh. a lot of his a lot of his patients couldn't go through the surgeries because they were diabetics, type one diabetics, and people that had a lot of cardiovascular issues so he couldn't, surgically, uh, he couldn't have surgical intervention in these patients. So he, ca- he came up with a concept. He, he knew what ozone was, and ozone is O3. Um, I'm sure you've, you've heard of ozone. And what he started doing was, he started actually injecting ozone around the herniation. So you go uh, where, you fold the spine down and you're gonna go three to four inches on the side, on both sides, and you're gonna inject a, a bolus of ozone that you uh, uh, produce through an ozone machine. And what happens is this, that when ozone is injected around that disc, it kind of goes to the cantaloupe, and the ozone actually can start breaking down that uh, uh, that fruit that's come out of the crack. So it breaks it down, and then what it does, which is fascinating, it stimulates fibroblasts to go to that area. Now, what fibroblasts are is almost like, if you look at that cantaloupe with a crack in it, it's almost like sending uh, uh, a needle with thread, and it starts threading that crack, almost like a scar formation on a cut. So he found it to be healing. So he started treating hundreds and hundreds and thousands of patients with herniations using ozone injections, and he found it to be really, really successful. So he brought it uh, 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 to North America, and one of the clinics we first started on was here in Vancouver, and this is in the the, the mid-'90s. And I've written uh, articles on this, uh, treatment protocol and there's quite a few out there now. Like a lot of people are doing ozone therapy for herniated disc, so that's one concept. That, and this is what Yukovis uh, was referring to in the articles I've written on on ozone therapy for herniated disc.
3: So yes. huh. uh,
1: hopefully that that's, that's helpful uh, information for Where you. Where would you find that here in Bozeman? Oh boy, is it there. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know uh, where... Uh, there there are some people in the United States... I mean, what I would do is start looking up ozone therapy for herniated discs. Uh, you could just start doing a, a, a search, because I know there are people and in, in, uh, there are physicians in, in various states that do utilize ozone therapy. Uh, are there risks? Yeah. What's that, Bob? Are there risks? No, you know, I, I've, uh, I haven't seen any risks. Uh, I mean, as long as a physician... Well, I mean, mo- most of them are, are be trained on, on on how to perform it, but there really aren't uh, uh, any uh, uh, any risk with the ozone going into that into that area because it's really you're you're injecting it quite a distance from the uh, uh, from the spine, so you're not nowhere close to the spine. Uh, as long as it just can get diffused into that into that area, so and I and I I used to do the treatment. Uh, 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 it, was, it was one of the things I did extensively in in the mid '90s. Uh, now I'm on the road a lot so
4: I can't I I, I I I can't do the same thing I used to do. So I think Bob uh, I yeah I think it Bob that if you
0: yeah if you look it up on the internet uh, research it and and then uh, it, these sites often give you where you a place where you can find practitioners and then up. I would just do a little bit more reading on it and and see if this sounds very good to you.
4: There, Bob how long have you had this
1: on one? ozone therapy? Yeah ozone O Z O N E Ozone therapy for herniated disc. Bob, how long have you had the herniation for? I had it for about two months.
0: Oh, that's two it. Yeah. Oh, you, that's you
1: know it. what? You you, you know, and are you've are you, are you been resting. I mean, your physicians told you to just uh, do rest. Yes, yes, yeah. But um, yeah. I was wondering. I, I was actually
2: doing exercises that the therapist gave me to do, mm-hmm. and it got better to where I couldn't lay on my on my left side, and then uh, um. You know, I was doing these where I'd push from I'd lay flat on the floor and then push up with my arms. And that yeah. seemed to be making it uh feel better and less less uh irritation on my on my left side and anyway I went back to the to the physical therapist and she had me lay on her table and she pushed on my back and after that it was, it got really bad. Huh. Wow. Yeah. I mean yeah, so I just wonder if she pushed on that disc or what
1: yeah you you remember just picture the can You you press on it some of that stuff can you know it, it could cause some uh yeah it it, 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 could, it could aggravate it have you taken any anti-inflammatories
2: yeah i'm taking uh um i forget the name of it but i uh, yeah i am
1: taking I'm Well, let me give let me give you, you suggestions for an actual anti-inflammatory okay uh, that, that i i've been finding to be uh, uh, pretty pretty uh fascinating the product of... Uh, uh, and, and covis might, might, might help you uh, uh, find it. The product is called Chiramin. And the Chiramin. company who makes it is called Terry Naturally or Your Pharma. Chiramin, it's a phenomenal anti-inflammatory, natural anti-inflammatory uh, that, that, that really easily gets absorbed. The curcumulonga gets absorbed into the bloodstream and stays in the blood for a long period of time. Yeah. And I've seen some pretty dramatic results with this product. Uh, I put on the liver.
0: Uh, very oh, easy. Very it's not boy, a problem. It's
1: fantastic on the liver. It's fantastic, we're gonna, I we're think. gonna
0: have to run. We're gonna have to run, Bob. Curimin. Uh, uh, I have it available at the store. It is spelled with a C, C U R, A, the M for Mary, I, and the N for Nancy. Curimin. But well, we got to run. We got to go real quick. We'll be right back with Doctor Gaetano Gata- Morello. Thank Stay tuned, guys. please. You bet. Bye bye. We have somebody on hold who would like to chat with you. Uh, Caller, good morning. Uh, thanks for joining the program. What is your name, please? And you are live with Dr. Gaetano Morello.
4: You yeah, are- I was talking to an alternate health professional, and she was telling me that dandelions are actually our secret friends, that they help us cleanse the liver, among other things. But she was saying that the root cleanses the liver, and I had heard that the root is for the intestines, and the leaves have something to do with liver cleansing I have some question about these uh dandelions I can pick up on the uh high plane up here if I go out and get the our uh, friendly lowly dandelions uh, what what kind of properties do they have for cleansing?
0: well I think one of them uh before uh, Dr morello is going to answer that. I think you're talking about dandelion root is that correct and i don't, i don't know you so i don't know if the flowers are going to do the trick for you is that true dr morello
1: i mean i you know the roots have some properties i mean um uh, dandelion root has some uh, uh, some diuretic properties, and uh, some of the properties that uh, that uh, may have, have be a benefit is that uh, a dandelion can help with bile flow. As we will learn as we will progress through this program, uh, one of the ways that we can, uh, what we need to do when we are detoxifying is making sure that uh, bile flow is, is adequate, and, uh, and that's the bile that's produced in the liver stored in the gallbladder, and it is through this bile that uh, a number of different uh, 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 chemicals are are ex- are removed out of the liver. This is how chemicals leave the liver, and so we need to make sure that that flow is, is functioning properly and the quality of that bile is is, is, is adequate. Uh, and uh, uh, dandelions, I mean, they they have a long history of uh, of use uh, in in this area, so uh there 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 there's so there's some benefits with with that dandelion in 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 detoxification uh uh I wouldn't say it would be the main thing to you utilize but it, it definitely
4: has some benefits yeah she also mentioned uh, dr Schulz's method of uh cleansing but uh it sounded quite expensive what 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 would be a poor man's way of uh taking a uh, spring cleanse Okay, a poor man's way of doing a spring cleanse. Okay, uh, oh, well, uh, uh, these are the things,
1: and we're going to get into detail about uh, uh, how to how to uh, do this processing. And really, this is a key. One of the keys to detoxification is uh, binding the chemicals in 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 the gut. And <clears throat> the way that you bind chemicals in the gut is chemicals are brought to the gut in the bile. So. Bile is this. Bile has a couple of, of purposes in the body. One, uh, we've probably heard of this one, that it emulsifies fat. And two, it binds, it carries chemical toxins. Now, let me, let me backtrack on that just to give you kind of a, a visual on it. When you consume food, food goes into your stomach. Acid is, secreted into, is shot into that food to break it down. That food is then taken into the duodenum, which is the first part of your small intestine. This is where enzymes, enzymes that break down proteins, Enzymes that break down carbohydrates, enzymes that break down fats are secreted into the duodenum from the pancreas. At that same time, uh, bile is secreted into the duodenum coming from the gallbladder and coming from the liver. This bile is secreted into this food bolus in order to allow fats to be emulsified so you can actually absorb fats into your system, so you can utilize them. It's basically like uh, the emulsifiers, like soap. If you have an oil stain on your shirt, you can't get rid of it with water. You need soap. Soap allows fat-soluble substances and water-soluble substances to come together. This is what bile also does. Now, bile also is carrying the chemicals from the liver into the duodenum. Now, follow me, uh, follow me for a little bit. As this food goes down in uh, lower uh, intestinal tract, what happens is, In most cases, 98% of bile is reabsorbed back into the bloodstream. Yeah, that's right. 98% of all that bile with all those chemical toxins is absorbed back into the blood. That means your toxins are coming right back into the blood unless unless soluble fiber is present in the gut. Mm. When soluble fiber is present in the gut, it will bind that bile and excrete it out of the body. So a key element in detoxification is to make sure you have enough fiber so you can take for example in, increased fiber consumption from the foods that you utilize and or supplement the diet with a good uh supplement a fiber supplement
4: that you can get at a health food store <laughs> so, so uh, uh, oats oats would be the poor man's way of getting a uh, good fiber oats yeah that, that's the way of getting
1: fiber <laughs> yeah poor man's i like this poor man's way yeah so that would be important. Another, another important thing is, is purified water. That's important. Uh, a, a good antioxidant. Uh, a lot of good antioxidants are really, really important. I mean, antioxidants, and uh, once, once we get into more detail about the detox patterns, you'll find that antioxidants are critical in detoxification because detoxification creates a lot of fires all over the body. So you need fire extinguishers. Uh, uh, antioxidants are like fire extinguishers. So you need. And how you, how, what's a poor man's way of getting antioxidants is, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables is a good way of getting uh, a good dose of antioxidants. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, th- those things are, are important. And, and the other thing that's important is really, because this is an ongoing process, is really to minimize your exposure. And, and what I mean by that is your total toxic load, the amount of chemicals in your body at any given moment is equal to your exposure to chemicals Minus your body's ability to get rid of those chemicals. So the two ways of reducing overall toxic load is really minimize your exposure, improve your body's ability to get rid of those chemicals, and that's what we when we talk about detoxification. So uh, you know, and how do you how can you minimize? You know, look at the foods you consume. Like start looking at more organically grown foods. I mean, the, the stuff that you grow in your backyard. Uh, you know, uh, look at those. Uh, look at, if you, if you need to use creams and moisturizers, use more naturally based ones that don't have all these weird chemicals in them because things are getting absorbed into your skin. You know, look at filter systems for your house. Uh, uh, look at what the kind of flooring you have in your house, what kind of paint you have in your house, uh, what kind of things are coming in contact with your skin. So there's a number of things that I, I know we'll go into that, you know, you can minimize your exposure and, this ha- and, l- and thus have less uh, 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 body
4: burn or, or toxic chemical uh, All right, in the body. Well, let me let me just get one more question, and then I'll back off so I, other people can get in here. Yeah, now, please. I, I know. Please, will
0: juices, you? Will you? Please.
4: Oh yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, one big one. Uh, well, this is. Uh, these are pretty moderate uh, questions. Now, I, I hear fruit juices have uh, been uh, kind of downplayed uh, over the years. Is it like I? There's this uh, naked juice that. uh, has all kinds of stuff stuffed in it. Uh, so, are juices to be minimized or can you use fruit juices as antioxidants or, or do you have to be cautious around the juice?
1: Yeah, you could use some of these juices as antioxidants. I mean, there's, you know, uh, some of the concentrated antioxidants that you can buy in tablet form are, are much stronger. Uh, but, you know, my, my favorite type of juice is the one that you can make with a juicer uh, because it has those antioxidants because you know what kind of fruits and vegetables you're putting into that juicer and because you have enzymes. Enzymes are alive. I mean in other words that fruit, that vegetable that you're juicing is living and those living enzymes which have all sorts of other functionalities are getting uh, a, a place in your body and have a great great benefit. So you know like some of the juicing I do is I'll use carrots, beets, uh, parsley, uh, celery, uh, an apple. And I'm getting a lot of antioxidants. I'm getting a lot of enzymes. And you'll feel the difference a fresh juice has versus one that's been, uh, you know, that's been heated or pasteurized. Uh, it's a major difference. So one of the things I do recommend is for you to start juicing in your, in your home. Uh, I think that's a, a great uh, adjunct to, uh, to, uh, to healthy living.
0: Huh. All right. Well, thanks for the call, Daniel. You still there? I guess he hung up. Well, thank you so much for that answer. That's uh, that's wonderful. It is obvious, as we're talking to Dr. Gaetano Morello by phone, as he already mentions the word detox. How many issues come up that that you already mentioned, Doctor? that you say, well, when we really get into detail, we will learn more. When we really get into detail, when we go through the show, you will hear about this and that. Um, I realize that any any one of these topics uh, to elaborate on those we uh, we can fill about an hour per topic. Uh, let, let's say we're talking about a, a, a yeast cleanse or a heavy metal cleanse or uh, just uh, feeling very bloated. What is the issue with that? And, 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 and people gaining weight and don't understand why. And uh, as you mentioned, the toxins from the environment or the house you live in or the work situation you're in or being in traffic a lot and being exposed – to uh to chemicals gasoline fumes etc etc there is so much going on that is hard to cover in just three hours but i appreciate uh, that you're making a good attempt at it
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's there's a lot involved and uh, uh, you know uh, so i think we're going to get into this this whole detox so your 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 listeners will because one of the problems with detoxification it's really misunderstood and there's a lot of um Uh, things out there that really don't work so really uh my my goal is to is to educate on on what it is to detoxify yeah let's
0: let's talk about it what does it mean to do what does it what does the whole detoxing idea mean because uh i see that there are people who will say i really need to detox and you look at them and you go like, "What's wrong with it?" I mean, you you look healthy, you're active. Uh, uh, people, these people naturally have this inclination that they are always dirty, no matter what, how well they do, and so they can take this whole detox to the extreme, and and feel that they have to. There's always something wrong with them, and they therefore they say, "Well, I better detox so I can get rid of this." There are other people who. Say you know, I just do it as a maintenance thing. Uh, it's probably good for me as a as a preventative uh, as a maintenance uh, routine. How does somebody? What, what does it mean to do a detox?
1: How much time do we have? What is that? Uh, how much time do we have?
0: Oh well, <laughs> well, right now we have about uh, eight minutes.
1: Okay, man. Okay, okay, Chris. Um, uh, this is the real the first reality that we need to uh, acknowledge is the fact, are we toxic? So I can uh, say with scientific proof that all humans on this planet have chemical toxicity levels in the body, that we have between 400 and 800 chemicals at any given moment that we're aware of. I think there's a lot more in the body, but we just can't measure them all. And how do we know this? Well, we know this because there's been a lot of studies done on, 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 on human pollution within the body. Uh, in 2003, the Environmental Working Group uh, uh, created the Toxone Project, where they actually analyzed uh, 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 human pollution in, in, in the body, within the physiology of the body. And what they found was astonishing. Uh, in, when, when they studied umbilical cords, this is one of the studies, and they studied the umbilical cords of in newborn infants, and they tested for 400 chemicals, they detected 287 chemicals in the umbilical cord of newborn infants. They found 180 of those chemicals caused cancer, were carcinogenic. They found 207 of those chemicals were toxic to the brain and the nervous system. And they found that 208 of those chemicals could cause birth defects. Um, The human adipose survey... Which has been going on since '76, where they've actually analyzing uh, uh, human uh, uh, fat tissues from autopsies and people going through elective surgeries. They have found chemicals in 100% of the people analyzed. They have found styrene, uh, xylene, uh, dioxins, 1,4-dichlorobenzene. Uh, 1,4-dichlorobenzene uh, uh, is. is, is it's almost like they, they use it as, a, uh, as an antiseptic. You'll, you'll find it in, in urinals, that, that funny smell that they put in urinals.
3: That's
1: 1,4-dichlorobenzene. Yeah. Everybody has it in, the, in their system. PCBs found in 90% of the cases. Uh, uh, and all sorts of other chemicals that have been found in every single individual studied. Everybody has chemical toxicities. The question is, are these chemical toxicities, and this is where the argument comes in, are these chemical toxicities that everybody has, without question, there's no argument, uh, are they having a detrimental effect on human physiology? That's the real question. And that's the debate that happens between uh, the mainstream and, and the, the holistic approach.
5: Yes. That
1: are these chemicals having a, a detrimental effect? And Rachel Carson, and some of your audience might have read her, uh, she wrote the book Silent Spring in 1960. And she was complaining about this problem. In the 1960s, she was complaining about alligators in Florida lakes going from male to female because of the pesticide levels in, in the lakes. Huh. And this was in the 60s. I mean, this is, this is proven to be a, the case. Yeah. In 1960, we had this problem, and the problem exists now. Remember, you in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, the Pacific Vortex, there's an area twice the size of Texas littered with garbage. Wow. that we can never clean up in our lifetime. It'll never be get cleaned up. Twice the size of Texas, floating garbage in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Garbage has been broken down and be, become part of the ecology of, of our ocean. Yeah. There is pollution everywhere around the world. Every square inch of this planet has pollution in it. 360 lakes and rivers were analyzed in the United States. In remote areas, they found mercury in all of them. So yes. we are... In a toxic bowl, a polluted bowl, we are all toxic. That's just the way it is. Our, the question is, are these toxicities having a negative impact on human physiology? And that's the question that uh, we're going to try to answer in, 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 the, in the next uh, hour or so, a or couple of hours. And then, how we can reduce those levels in our bodies, how we can minimize our exposure, and what we need to do to, to resolve it. So, detoxification is not just taking a kit. There's
0: a lot more involved in it I see wow that is uh, that's uh, that's quite scary when you think about it that the information uh, that the information goes way back to the 60s and probably even earlier than that because that means that if it was discovered in the 60s and you wrote about it that means it must have been already in the 50s and and then we're to- you know I, I totally agree with you that we have an issue that is not always recognized because there are things that are detectable and things that are not detectable. But it is what it is, and we're thriving instead of it. Uh, We're still living. We're still uh, procreating. Uh, We are still aging. Uh, We're getting older as we have ever been. The quality of life is not always that good. But I think that part of the, the whole detoxing is also in the eye of the beholder. There are people who always feel that there is something wrong with them. And blame it on toxicity, and therefore they feel they have to detox. And other people just go through it, and they they make a few changes here and there, and they're going to be fine. It's not the focus. It's not their attention. Uh, that doesn't mean that detoxing is not important. I think anybody can detox, but how we do that, uh, we have choices. Uh, we can do it with uh, changing the diet and lifestyle. We can do it with. Uh, Breath work, Uh, we can do it with uh, certain exercises, uh, also. But the the actual detox process, I know what people are looking for in the answers from you today is probably some type of a program that they can take pills or powders or liquids or changing in the diet that may be helpful for them. And I'm I'm looking forward in in digging deeper into that. Now, uh, as far as your experience is concerned, Doctor Morello, what are some of the symptoms? That indicate in general what, what you see in your practice. What are some of the issues that you say it is time for a detox? If when you talk to your patients and they come in and they have no they have no clue what's going on, they just walk in, they have some issues going on. You look at them, you talk to them, you do a you you, you take a report on their condition and their symptoms. When what are some of the symptoms that you say it's time for a detox? Well, you
1: know uh, because. The interesting part is there aren't, uh, sometimes there aren't symptoms, uh, and, it, it, and it could be related to any condition you may or may not have. One of the reasons you may be getting sick is because of the toxic levels, in, because a lot of the stuff is stored in the adipose tissue, stored in fat, because you can't right. get rid of it. Right. So it gets stored, so it's there all the time. Now, I agree with you. One of the things that I first noted was the fact that people that are always on these detox programs look terrible. Yes. Uh, I remember... My first uh, year, best year, my roommate, who's three years ahead of me, looked terrible. I mean, this guy looked jaundiced. He looked old. And he was always detoxifying. And because he was doing it incorrectly, it actually caused a, a, a speed-up of, of the aging process. He was getting older yeah. because he was doing this detoxification system, but it wasn't, it wasn't being done correctly. And one of the things I'm going to really point out is why that guy that I know that was detoxifying all the time Oh, 21 years ago, looked the way he looked, looked terrible. And why a lot of people that are, are, are chronic detoxifiers, they're always detoxifying because there's always something wrong, they don't look very healthy. And we're going to get into that and why that is. Yeah. Physiologically, what are they doing that's causing him to look so bad? And this is why, you know, a lot of people question detoxification for good reason. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I wrote Whole Body Cleansing to really get an understanding of what's going on how to do it
0: correctly okay well that is a great time uh, to, to stop then at this point and we'll, we'll jump right into it when we come back after the news break uh, folks dr Gaetano morello a naturopathic physician from vancouver canada is with us on the phone today talking about whole body detox a book he wrote uh, great information very practical and helpful we'll be right back thanks for listening let's let's we, we were talking about you mentioning uh, a roommate uh, doing a little, maybe a little bit too much <laughs> detoxing here
1: so <laughs> let's let, go to
0: yeah go well, ahead it's,
1: actually it's a good story because it was my uh my first uh my first look at uh somebody who was on a on a detox program and uh, and I, this is my first year uh at best and you know i so I'm, I'm coming from the mainstream and uh so i uh, and he was an intelligent uh, uh individual my actually my roommate was a medical doctor who was studying to be a naturopath, so huh? he was in his third year and and he was just into detoxifying. So he was always on these detox uh programs. Yeah. And uh I, I tell you, after six months I had to tell him, I go, What exactly is it that you're doing doing because you look terrible and, and he told me he was detoxifying. He was always fasting and uh and he really did look uh, unhealthy, and I, I noticed that uh, you know jaundice uh, skin, really dry skin, uh, uh, lots of wrinkles, uh, low energy levels. Uh, uh, his movement was was staggered, and uh, one of the things that I wanted to find out was uh, what he was doing. So I did, and then why he was looking the way he was looking. and <laughs> I did, and I and I found out exactly physiologically why this detox that he was doing was having a negative impact on his health and physiology. And so, uh, because I I, I really like to understand the answers as to why. Uh, That's the question I always ask, why. And uh, once I found out why, uh, then I was able to uh, develop a system or a a program that makes logical, scientific sense on getting rid of chemicals, because the body does do it. Uh, We need to enhance the body's ability to do that. And we can do that. So uh, uh, understanding that, always understanding what, uh, when something isn't working, properly, why it's not working properly, and then doing something about it. So uh, our conversation is going to be what we need to do to scientifically uh, uh, detoxify our bodies from these chemicals or lower our body burns. So, you know, because we have to look at this, we have to look at this, so what, what is it that we're trying to accomplish, what's our goal? What is our goal in detox? Our goal in detoxification is to reduce body burden. Body burden is, again, the total amount of chemical toxins present in the body at any given moment. Mm-hmm. And the process of doing that involves a number of different parts. Uh, uh, one of the parts is to minimize toxic exposure. The uh, okay. second part is to ensure that you have an optimal diet. The third part is to optimize, optimize bowel health. What I mean by that is that the caveat of all healing actually happens in the gastrointestinal tract. Without having an optimal digestive tract, you can't really detoxify. So we need to really optimize bowel health. Yeah. We want to strengthen antioxidant reserves. It is imperative that you have good antioxidant levels in your system when you're detoxifying. In other words, you need lots of fire extinguishers or else you're going to get a forest fire in your whole body and look like my roommate.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, fifth, you need to improve mitochondrial functionality. And what that means is you need to improve your body's ability to create energy because detoxification mechanisms are energy-dependent. Mm-hmm and the energy molecule in your body is called ATP which is produced through a process called cellular respiration this is the production of energy so you need to make sure that that is optimally functioning a lot of us are always tired and fatigued because we're not producing enough energy we don't need the caffeine what we need is to enhance energy production and that's another topic that we could talk about then you need to enhance the detox mechanisms in the liver which are phase one and phase two and we'll need to get into detail about what, what those are and how they look like. And then lastly, you need to, and something you already talked about, is we need to enhance heavy metal detoxification. Right. And how do we do that? How does the body get rid of heavy metals? Yes. And we need to enhance that. And that, in a nutshell, is scientific detoxification. I see. There's many, many layers that we need to understand to do it right. And that's why... It's been done so wrong. When you look at these commercials on TV, these infomercials, and they're talking about all sorts of weird things, and you know that you've got these long, torturous, uh, fossilized snake looking things that are coming out of your your bottom into the. I mean, that's not what toxins look like. Toxins are invisible chemicals. You can't see them. You know, (laughs) (laughs) this is what we need to learn. And so that's not detoxification. Um, So. Uh, we need to learn what it is. And, and, and these are the systems that we need to employ so we can go through them step by step. Uh, and we can go through each one of these things I just discussed yeah. in our in our discussion in the next couple of hours so we we'll really get a really good idea of what this process really involves.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I think part of that is, and there's a question that I would like to throw in right now, is it safe for anybody to just detox or do we need to look at, at at their age or maybe are these people taking prescription drugs that we have to keep in mind as they go through a detox process and maybe look at disorders such as the thyroid disorders that are so rampant these days. Uh, I think those are questions as well. Anybody can just go ahead and buy some kind of a kit. That is like a two-week or one-month or one-week detox thing. And they will probably feel better. But I tell people, uh, and as I mentioned, detoxing, as it comes up, uh, it's a popular thing. And people will come to the store or they go to a health food store and then they say, what is your best detox product? And then I tell them, first of all, I said, nothing is the best unless you come out of it with a plan that you that you say okay this is my step one i want to do this but my step two is already in my mind because when i go through this detoxing and as i come out of it i am going to make some positive changes in in my life that will enhance the detox and the detox process the the product that i'm going to take the capsules i'm taking are just gonna be the spark that gets it all going and that activates it. And then I'm just gonna be cruising after that. Uh, I often see that people like to do some kind of a spring cleanse and then they go right back to where they started. And that means that they're not really seeing the progress uh, in three months from now that they were maybe hoping to see. It, It takes an overall approach and I think it takes some studying. You cannot just take capsules and just take them for the sake of taking it. You will probably see some benefits, but the long-term benefits will only be there if you actually read on it, study it, understand it, listen to your body, watch for certain signs and symptoms that may come up that you could expect, and then take that to the next level whereby you actually are changing some of the things in your life. Is is that, is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, that's fair to say. And uh, yes, uh, absolutely. And this is why... Uh, Uh, This is the process of anything that you do health-wise. The first part is education. You need to learn about it. The second part is utilizing the right tools because there's a lot of products out there that are useless products. So you need to go to a a health food store that has knowledgeable staff that can put you in the right direction and give you the right tools. And the third part is you have to follow through compliance. So those are three critical elements. That's right. It's, it's, It's at the beginning of my book that I talk about. The are critical elements in, in in accomplishing anything to do with health. You need to have those three: education, tools, and compliance.
0: By the way, how can and, people get a hold of your book?
1: Um, you know, they can get it on Amazon. You can get it in uh, uh, various bookstores in the uh, Barnes and Noble in the U.S. I mean okay. it's, it's, it's readily available. Um, so just look up "whole body cleansing," and you'll be able because it, it is a really good, easy to read, uh, scientific approach. Uh, to uh, uh, to whole body cleansing, the concept of it.
0: Okay, folks, uh, and, and, and I, I agree. Wanna, with, yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
1: And I and I agree with what you said. Uh, there could be side effects from this, and I'm going to give you why that is. I, I
0: okay. want I, I like to hear that from you, but I first want to tell people uh, again your name so they can write it down if they're looking for your book, Whole Body Cleansing. Uh, the last name is Morello, M-O-R-E-L-L-O, and the first name is uh, Gaetano, and it is spelled with a G a e t a n o g a e t a n o morello and then you can find his information either on amazon.com or you can go to barnes and nobles and other bookstores and check it out see if you can get the book if they can order it for you if you are interested in this and get a a layman's as well as in very educated view on how to help the body detox correctly so uh, go ahead doctor
1: yeah, I'll, I'll, give you a, I'll give you an example of when you said about, you know, if you have a thyroid problem, if you have this problem or yes, that problem. Yes. Could this be? yes, it can be. And I'll give you an example as to why that is. Uh, I, I have a, a, a section in my book on, on obesity and, and, and chemical toxins. And uh, one of the uh, references I, I, I got was a, a study uh, from 2004 Uh, in Toxicology, the journal, and what they did was this. They followed a group of people uh, that they put on a restricted calorie exercise program, uh, uh, and it was a study uh, for these people to lose weight. So what they did was they followed this group of people losing weight, and what they measured was, Really interesting. They, they, they measured a number of different parameters. I'll give you some of what they measured. They measured, uh, first, weight loss. They measured how much fat they lost, adipose tissue. They measured their basal metabolic rate. Uh-huh. This is your, your metabolic rate. At rest, how much energy do you need? How many calories do you burn when you do nothing, when you just lay there? That's called basal metabolic rate. Huh. They also measured T3 levels. Uh, T3 is your active thyroid hormone, which controls metabolism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They also measured organochloride levels. Now, for uh, your audience who doesn't know what organochlorides are, organochlorides are the most common form of pesticide found in foods. Eighty to 90% of all U.S. foods have pesticides in them. Okay. Okay. Uh, only the organically certified organic foods don't have pesticides, but 80 to 90 percent of all foods have pesticides. Mm-hmm. Organochloride mm-hmm. is the most common form of pesticide. What they found was this in this study. As these people were losing adipose tissue, in other words, as they were losing weight, their organochloride levels were going way up.
0: Oh, of course.
1: Huh. Because they're losing fat. Yes. Now, this is what's interesting, as that was happening, their t three levels were dropping okay because the pesticides were having an impact on the thyroid gland, interfering with t three production. so what happened with these people is their their uh, metabolism slowed right down, and their weight loss plateaued so oh. the, the 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 weight loss was actually pinching and allowing chemicals to come out of the body but because they weren't binding those chemicals they were impacting the endocrine system one of those systems was the thyroid gland really validating what you just said that people need to be careful because they can they can have an impact on on various other systems in the body what this gives us is a couple of, of really important things one verifies what you just said two gives us a new insight onto the obesity problem. Could it be related to chemical toxins in the environment? And there's a huge argument that's saying, yes, there is a relationship. Because when you affect the endocrine system, you can can affect a person's ability to gain weight because you're slowing down metabolism. And this kind of, in certain ways, uh, gives another insight into why Person A, who eats non-stop, never gains weight. And person B, who eats very or less, gains a lot of weight. This this gives us a little bit of information as to what may be going on in those two types of individuals. Detoxification can play a role in all this. you see all the different uh, tentacles that this uh, understanding detoxification can have? It's, it's vast.
0: Yeah, it's it is. vast,
1: vast, vast. It's, there's more to it than taking... A supplement or a kit, then you're done in two weeks. It's, it's There's a lot more to it, and that's why we need to learn about it. By learning about it, um, I mean there's there's still a lot of things we can do.
0: You know, that's that's so interesting. I I'm just finishing up an article that is going to be published in a magazine, and it is about uh, about uh, um, the th- actually it is about hormones, our confusing hormones, and it talks about. I'm talking about the adrenals. And the effects that the the hormones, the the epinephrine, norepinephrine, and cortisol have based on the different stress levels. And how it says over here, um, as far as the stress response pathways are concerned, there are different strokes for different folks. If stress is perceived as a challenge to take over control, the adrenal medulla releases the fight hormone, norepinephrine. Um, In case that stress causes a feeling of loss of control, then the medulla releases epinephrine, the flight anxiety hormone. Both fight and flight responses cause an accelerated heartbeat and release of fatty acids in the blood. When stress is prolonged and there is a hopeless feeling of defeat, so the people really feel like I can't handle it anymore, then the adrenal cortex releases cortisol And this may cause a change in eating habits, often referred to as stress eating, which can lead to enhanced fat creation, uh, lipogenesis, deep abdominal obesity, tissue breakdown, and immunosuppression. And it says many people who try to lose weight will tell you that they don't eat much, but it is the stress in their life that causes the overproduction of cortisol, which will take everything they eat and store it in case better times may never come. It is a survival mechanism. For these people to lose the weight, they will need to do more than just eat differently. And, and that kind of, I think about that as you're talking here about the, 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 the you said when people are trying to losing the fat, the, 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 the toxins come up, the, the TSH goes down, the weight loss plateaus, would you add indeed the stresses of everyday life to it? That it, it just it just goes into a complete survival mechanism.
1: Yeah. Well, the stress of everyday life. You know, um, one of the ways I describe it for people to understand, because a lot of people have a hard time with fire fright, is basically. It, let me let me let me just give an example. What's going on uh, when the zebra meets the lion in the jungle? The zebra is going to really get stressed out because the lion's going to eat it at that moment, like you just expressed, the epinephrine, norepinephrine, cortisol levels rise. And what happens when that elevation in cortisol it, it, it stimulates something we call a sympathetic response. What happens is the little blood vessels feeding the gut shut down. They close up. And when they close up, your digestive tract slows down. And the reason why it's doing that is to allow blood to go to the peripheral tissues because the zebra at that moment has only two choices to make: either fight the lion or runs away from the lion. That's why it's called the fight or flight response. Yeah. And what the zebra decides to do is to run away from the lion. And at that moment, the sympathetic response also shuts down the detox mechanisms. It slows down the immune system. And so, as the zebra runs, eventually beats the lion. Now it's in the meadow. Everything comes back down. The digestive tract comes back. The detox system comes back. The immune system comes back. And all of a sudden, stress really has saved that zebra's life, and this is what stress is all about. That's why we have that response. But in our daily lives, like you just mentioned, you're stressed because of mortgage payments, because of credit card bills, because of relationships, yeah. because of driving and trap whatever it is. And that elevation stays there, so your digestive tract stays shut down. This is why there's so many digestive disorders, because of stress levels. Because you're not, there's no blood circulating in the gut. How can how can your digestion work properly? Yes. Do so you create all sorts of havoc in that in that arena, and that leads to oh my goodness, it leads to a, a, a mess. And I, I think one of the things that we definitely need to talk about.
0: Well, perhaps, we will, we will do that so, as soon as we come back. back.
1: Right after the break.
0: Yeah, let's yeah. do that after the break. Then we have more time, and I'm more I'm more restful that way. Folks, <laughs> okay. stay tuned. I myself have indeed been on a exercise routine and a lower caloric intake uh, regime, lost weight, feel great, but at the same time, I see your point that maybe could be very good for me to do uh, maybe now an intense uh, detox program of some kind, and um, I, I I don't know what it is. I, it, it, in my case, I have to say it's a little bit confusing I went yesterday to my naturopathic physician, and he mentioned also that I am, with my exercises, obviously I'm losing the weight, but I'm also gaining muscle back. So he says, don't worry as much about the weight as how you feel. That is number question number one. Number two is, as you're mentioning, all of a sudden the uh, the, the weight loss plateaus, but I am sweating profusely during my workouts, is that part of a detox or do I need to do more detoxing with that?
1: Yeah, that's you're, you're, it is part of You are detoxifying as you're sweating. Now, remember, what we're talking about is that, uh, that move, those movements that you're doing, remember, you have chemicals stored in your adipose tissue. Yeah. So as you're losing this weight, as you're gaining muscle, you are releasing chemicals into your circulation. Yes. Uh, those chemicals are going to the liver, uh, those, some of those chemicals uh, are remaining in your bloodstream and having an impact on systems in your body. So you may be feeling well, but there could be some, uh, some effects of those chemicals physiologically. Uh, so uh, what you need to do is, again, it's, it's, remember the, the seven different steps to scientific detoxification is uh, to you know, uh, minimize your exposure. Ensure optimal health. make sure that your bowel health is optimal. you got to strengthen antioxidant reserves, make sure that energy production is is strong, that you are producing enough energy, and then you support your phase one and phase two detox systems, um, and we could talk about each one of those. So uh, in your case, the first thing we always want to do is work on the caveat of all healing. and the caveat of all healing, <laughs> is the digestive tract. You cannot detoxify, you cannot do anything, yeah. unless your digestive tract is functioning normal. And what's a normally functioning digestive tract? Well, let me tell you something. The statistics show that about 40% of Americans have problems with digestion. But mm. the, the, the actual number is a lot higher than that. <laughs> because if, if I'm in a room of 500 people where I'm lecturing, and I ask those people, how many of you have had a digestive problem? Everybody will put up their hand. Because everybody's had indigestion, everybody's had bloating and gas, uh, sometimes diarrhea, uh, uh, constipation, uh, abdominal spasms. Everybody's had some form of digestive problem at one time or other. And what's interesting about digestion, what's interesting about the digestive tract, is the fact that it is an external organ. It's not even internal, it's external. That's right. And that external organ... What can happen to it is it can get damaged from improper digestion, which can occur because of stress, which can occur because of dietary intake of certain foods that we put into our systems. Uh, One of them that has a detrimental effect on digestion is really sugar. And the average American consumes about 140 pounds of refined carbohydrate every year, that's table sugar, and another 50 pounds of high fructose corn syrup found in, in, in POP. Yeah. That's about 200 pounds in total. Now, the problem with all this is that sugar, you know, every time we think of sugar, we think of diabetes. But really, there's a lot more to it than that. And the problem with sugar is this. The first problem is something called glycation. Where, And wh- what I mean by glycation is this. That sugar is very sticky. If you drink a can of pop and you pick it up the next day, you'll find that it's very sticky. It's a glue. Sugar is a glue. Glycation is the process where elevated blood sugar levels in the bloodstream start to stick to things in the bloodstream. They can start sticking to things like hormones and various proteins, and they can cause all sorts of havoc. This can also interfere with the digestive process because it can interfere with enzyme indigestion. So now those food particles aren't being broken down the the way they normally should be broken down. And when that happens, you'll get something we call dysbiosis in the lower bowel where bacteria start acting on those large food particles that your your enzyme systems have not broken down. These produce all sorts of chemicals. Uh, Some of the chemicals they produce are scatols and formaldehyde and indoles. And that causes an imbalance in the lower bowel, which will cause a whole environment to shift. And remember that that lower bowel has trillions of bacteria in it, healthy bacteria. When you change that environment, what happens is the mucosal lining in the gut gets broken down. That mucosal lining protects your blood from all that stuff in your gut. When you break down the mucosal lining, you get what we call, I mean, an uh, easy term is leaky gut syndrome, or an increase in the permeability of the gut to macromolecules. What happens now is this. Think of the gut as a roof on your house. And in the inside, all the furniture, and the television set, and the furnace, all that stuff is like your internal body. Mm -hmm. Now what happens is this bad digestion will cause holes in that roof on your house. When you have holes in the roof in your house and it starts to rain, the water gets inside. It will go on your furniture and that water will create mold. Mm -hmm. It can go on your toaster and short-circuit it. So the mold on your furniture is like eczema on your hands. If it goes into your furnace, that's like your respiratory tract. And all of a sudden, the furnace doesn't work anymore. Or your metabolism doesn't work anymore. So it starts interfering with functionality. How does that happen physiologically? What happens is large macromolecules come inside the bloodstream. The body sees them and says, those are foreign invaders, let's attack them. So they create an autoimmune response. They create antibodies to those large macromolecules, which sometimes get confused with your body's own tissues. Sometimes it can confuse with the skin, and you've got eczema. Sometimes it gets confused with... Joints, and you've got rheumatoid arthritis. Sometimes it attacks your own nervous system besides the food particles, and you've got neurological disorders. So breakdown in the digestive tract can have all sorts of consequences ongoing. And one of the ways that all this starts is, like I just told you, diet is one key. Another key is every time you have an uh, uh, indigestion or a digestive problem, what, what's the main treatment for all this? This is antacids, H2 antagonists, and proton pump inhibitors. And what this does, it changes the acidity of the stomach. Yes. And, you know, and this is like, this is a big thing. Now, let me just give your audience a little bit of background on what this means. See, when you consume food, it, it gets to your stomach. What happens in the stomach is acid is secreted into the stomach. Hydrochloric acid, to be exact. Yeah. Now, listen to this. The pH of the stomach when you're eating is 1.2 to 2 this is extremely acidic. It is so acidic that it can dissolve a nail. It is so acidic that it can put a hole in your hand, yet it doesn't put a hole in your stomach. Why? Because the stomach produces mucin. Mucin is a mucous coating that lines the stomach wall, and that acid cannot penetrate it. So it protects it. Now, the question is, remember, we always have to ask why. Why is the peach of the stomach 1.2? For two reasons. One, to be able to break down proteins. Two, to kill everything from getting to the lower bowel. All that food that you consume has bacteria, has yeast, has candida, has viruses, has parasites. But because your acid level is so strong, it is able to destroy all that. So it's almost like a neutralizer. It is a neutralizer. It protects you. So that acid level is critical. When we Alkalize the stomach by taking antacids, H two antagonists, proton pump inhibitors, like a Nexium. What happens is we alkalize that stomach. Now it's no longer one point two to two. Now it becomes a four or five. Now what happens? Well, you can't get protein broken down, and every bug that you consume will make its way down to the lower bowel. And what does that do? That causes an environmental shift. which causes havoc. And once that happens and your digestive tract is off, your detox mechanisms are off, and you can't detoxify unless you heal that gut. Yes. So you must heal the gut first. And how do we heal the gut? There is a number of of ingredients, a number of good, scientifically validated supplements that can help you regain digestive function. And that's what you need to do first. The caveat of all healing is healing in the digestive tract. So that's the area we have to start first.
0: yeah, yeah, very, very great explanation. That is uh, wonderful. And you're absolutely right. The amount of people who I see, and I'm sure that you see them also on a regular basis, who complain about digestive issues, primarily because they think that they have too much acid and that's why they are taking the acid inhibitors. They often find out when I chat with them that actually, I would say 75 to 80% of the people who complain about hiatal hernia, GERD, acid reflux, heartburn, bloating after they eat actually are too low in their stomach acid, but they are convinced that they have too much, and so they go on the... On the, uh, on the on the on uh, uh, the, the the end assets, the, the Prilosec, the Prevacid, the Purple Pill, uh, the Protonics of any kind, just to help reduce it even more. And so there is a simple test that I recommend they do, and I'm sure you can explain that to us as well. It is the it is taking a tablespoon of either pure raw apple cider vinegar or a tablespoon of lemon juice. Wait three minutes do not drink water with it and see if you feel better or worse and that will indicate if you have too much acid or too little acid obviously when you feel better that means that you do not have enough acid and you needed the lemon juice the fresh lemon juice don't take the frozen concentrate the fresh lemon juice will help to add some acid and everything balances out if you feel worse after three minutes that means that you were already a flaming inferno and that you just added more fuel to the fire. So there are different ways for people to test. But I tell you, Dr. Morello, the amount of people who go through this uh, all the time and who are convinced, and also because of the doctors who just listens to symptoms and says, well, you sound like you have too much acid. As we age and the change of food and slowing down of metabolism... The problem that we have is that we do not have enough stomach acid. Uh, do you have anything to add to that part? But, I mean, you already gave a great explanation. But
1: Yeah, and, and one of the things you can do is a lot of times uh, it's because your mucus levels are low in your stomach. In other words, think about this. Uh, the, uh, your pH of your stomach, your acid levels is one2 you know, enough to dissolve a nail, it's not dissolving your stomach because the mucus producing cells of your stomach produce this layer of mucin that protects it from the acid. Yeah. So, some, for example, under stressful situations, when the b- tiny blood vessels to the, to the stomach are, are, shut, are closed down, well, that stomach now is not going to be functioning because it's not, getting, it's not getting blood supply, it's not getting nutrition, oxygen for those cells to function properly. So, what, what, what happens? Well, what happens is there's less mucin being produced. Therefore, you could develop an ulcer from the acid. So, one of the things that you can do is increase mucus production. How do we do that? DGL, okay, deglycosylated licorice root, or what I call it for short is darn good licorice.
0: That's right.
1: And when you chew that product, and the ultra DGL, I think is a, I mean, is just one of the most underrated and most powerful natural substances I have ever seen in the industry. You chew two of these tablets, it will stimulate the production of mucin within 15 minutes in the stomach lining and increase the half-life of that mucin. So it really is a phenomenal ingredient for enhancing uh, uh, the protection of of the stomach from the acid. It's it's unbelievable. So this is a great product to take um, for people going through that process, trying to heal their gut. Uh, uh, DGL, Ultra DGL, just a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, product very very highly underrated for the efficacy that you see with it
0: now what what you mentioned earlier uh the company terry naturals and you yeah. mentioned curamin now yeah. uh terry Lemorand has also come out with uh, c buckthorn omega-7 i understand that that also helps to increase the mucus in the entire digestive tract would that be another solution for people omega-7
1: yeah yeah uh well you know Terry was the one who actually developed the d g l okay uh, uh way back you know he was uh, he was with enzymatic therapy for a long, and this is the guy who really got d g l going and uh and you know Terry still thinks the d g l is just a yeah but th- this is another product that Terry's been uh developed in increasing mucus because uh, this is a key this is a key key. Uh, aspect of, to increase that mucus production in the stomach, it will protect your stomach lining. So one of things I put all people on is uh, a product that can help increase mucin production. And by doing that, you're going to be protecting your stomach lining, and you're going to function better, yes. absolutely better. And another one that Terry introduced is the Megazyme, which is the pancreatic extract by enzymatic therapy. This is one of Terry's original products, and it's a phenomenal digestive. En- the only enzyme that I, you know I found that is, is as effective as uh, uh, not quite as effective, but I would, I would recommend is Wobenzyme, that's another one. Huh. That's, a, that's a German product. Yes. And, and uh, Wobenzyme is also quite, uh, quite effective. Pancreatic extracts, and you take them, the megazyme by enzymatic therapy, you take it uh, immediately before your meal and you take two tablets, and what it'll do is it'll supply. Pancreatic enzymes, similar to your own body's pancreatic enzymes, helping break down the food in the duodenum. And this is important. So you'll see less bloating. You'll feel much lighter. So things start to function better. You're enhancing the digestive process, which is what you want to do. And then, obviously, you know, what's a big thing now? Take probiotics. Take a good probiotic that can get to the lower gut and provide those, those healthy bacteria that have so many benefits. In the lower gut, so you re, re what you're doing is you're rebalancing the environment of the gastrointestinal tract.
0: Now, does does the Megazyme by Enzymatic Therapy also contain hydrochloric acid?
1: No, it doesn't. And what is, I find is that, is, is that important.
0: Is that important then?
1: No, it, it. You know what I find is when you take that Megazyme, what happens is digestion readjusts itself. You will you'll be producing the right amounts of pancreatic of of, of hydrochloric acid, as you will see. They'll start functioning better, they start coming back. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, a, it's an, another underrated product, and, and you don't have to wait a week or a month to see it work. It works right away. So it's, huh. an immediate, it's an immediate result. So you try it and you get an immediate result. Always take it two tablets before the meal. If that doesn't work, that works in 80% of the cases. Take two tablets before, and then two tablets right after the meal and you'll get pretty much almost 98, 99% effectiveness. That's how quick it works. Wow. So it works immediately, so you should see it right away. You don't have to wait a week. It's, it's, it's immediate. So well, is the VCL. It's immediate.
0: That's good. Well, we, that's great information. We're going to take another short break, folks. We have one more hour with Dr. Gaetano Morello, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are talking about, oh, my God, what was the last thing we talked about? Uh, oh, you were talking about the mucin, the, the lining, to the, the the mucus layer in the stomach that protects the uh, the stomach lining. And when there is uh, damage to the mucin, then we can get all kinds of damage at, in the digestive tract. Now, question I had for you is um, I asked you about the product by enzymatic therapy, the uh, Megazyme. And you i said is the hydrochloric acid in it and the reason why i ask is because so many people indeed have low stomach acid um is it so that when you increase your pancreatic enzymes that you are indeed helping the duodenum but you're not really helping the stomach by itself is it important to first of all increase that acidity in the stomach uh, dr morello
1: well, you know, what I, what I found was when you, when you do supplement with pancreatic enzymes, digestion improves. Uh, even if they have low acid, the, the stomach seems to produce more acid. So there's definitely uh, a communication response between the duodenum and, and, the, uh, and, and the stomach. So there, there is uh, some kind of, well, obviously there's a link there, but there is a link. Uh, and, you, and you know that uh, the whole gastrointestinal tract, it's, it's like a second brain. It, it communicates up and down. There's, there's, I mean, so many neurotransmitters in the gut. I mean, there's more serotonin in the gut than there is in the brain. Huh. Uh, so there's a lot of neurotransmitters, uh, and so the, the, the gut really is is a is a brain on its own, and it communicates uh, from one end to the other. So there's something about that that helps. We don't uh, we don't know why that is, but it, it happens. So you, you add the uh, the pancreatic extract. And digestion improves. And you'll see it right away. You don't have to wait very long, as I said before. Um, So, uh, you know, DGL, uh, pancreatic extracts, good probiotic. And, you know, you are uh, on the road to to, uh, uh, better digestion and healing of of the gastrointestinal tract, which is uh, uh, a major, major part in detoxification. So you must fix digestion first.
0: We have a caller for you, Dr. Morello. Caller, thanks for joining us today. Your name, please. How can we help you?
1: Good morning. My name is Steve. And Hi, Steve. I was listening to your discussion about the stomach mucosa and pH, and I wondered if you'd comment about coffee. I hear today about antioxidants in it. I have maybe a 14 ounce cup in the morning, but I'm wondering about that, and
2: especially in terms of the pH. But my second question is a different one. Could you talk or comment about fermented foods? Okay, and well, that's those are my questions. Thank
1: you.
0: Well, thank you, Steve. Do you want to stay on the line, or you want to hang up and listen over the phone?
1: Oh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll stay on. Okay, thanks. Okay, so the coffee—you well, uh, came to the right place about coffee. Uh, I'm Italian, so I, I have my espresso every morning. <laughs> yeah. Now, does uh uh so here's here's some here's some things about about coffee. Interesting uh, study on coffee. Uh, what what they found was that uh, that uh, People that drank uh, two to three cups of coffee a day had a 36% reduction in gallstones. Uh, And uh, one of the reasons was that uh, coffee has collagenic acid, and collagenic acid actually uh, uh, moves bile. And by moving bile, by improving bile flow, uh, you can really have uh, a, a, a reduction in the development of gallstones um so i always have to have a positive side to the, <laughs> the coffee but yeah. uh from from another perspective yeah it does uh th- there is a, a an acid increasing level with the uh with the caffeine um uh, and so it 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 does have some acidifying effects on in in the stomach also uh coffee you know your body has to um has to get rid of uh the uh, uh has to get rid of the uh the caffeine through the liver, so it, it does tax your, your your detox system, and now some people have uh, better ability to remove caffeine than others, and that's why some people, you know, don't have a lot of, uh, I don't know if I could call them negative effects with caffeine, uh, other people just can't tolerate caffeine, and I'm sure you know people that just can't drink coffee, I mean, it just, uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't go well with them. Some mm-hmm. people, uh, no problem, and that is because Polymorphisms in detox enzymes. In other words, some people can detoxify caffeine easily, while uh, some others are, are, are not as effective in, in doing that. So, really, uh, uh, the, the 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 negative impact of, of caffeine of coffee uh, varies from individual to individual. So, for example, and you know, and, and I've I've tested myself over and over. I mean, too much caffeine is obviously. It's 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 not it's not it's not healthy. Yep. But having a cup of coffee, I can not see it's detrimental uh, in most cases. So, by uh, uh, you can, you can have your <laughs> your uh, what is it, fourteen ounce?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, fourteen ounce. Now, yeah, I yeah. I want to add to that, uh, and Doctor Morello, tell me if I'm wrong. But Steve, I also see there is a difference between uh, having a fourteen ounce latte uh, with all the sweetness and everything in it that people want. Or just having a straight cup of coffee from freshly ground beans, um, you know, I I I feel that there's definitely a difference there. If you 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 put a lot of milk in it, I mean that then you have to also deal with the milk. It's not just a coffee. We we always say a coffee, but you you listen to people when they go to a coffee shop and all the requests that they have and skinny and and soy and this and that flavor and you know it it becomes too complicated. It's not coffee anymore. It's some kind of a drink.
1: Well, for me, it's a straight brew with half and half, but yeah, I think maybe, you like anything in moderation, it's fine.
0: You know, and, and I think uh, I would like to have Dr. Morello explain one more thing about the coffee, because uh, especially since you were talking about the detoxing in the liver, uh, uh, <laughs> there are also people who do coffee enemas. Now, Chuck and I are usually not in practice of doing that every week. Uh, we usually drink it orally, but uh, I, I'm just wondering if you can comment on uh, coffee enemas.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big enemy guy. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I really, uh, I really like to go from the mouth down. Um, yeah. so, uh, that's the process I always use, and uh, so I'm, I'm not a. Uh, I'm, I'm just not i uh, I'm not into you know, that colonics, and, and you know, I, I might be proven wrong in the future. I'm, I'm not sure, but right now, uh, you know, I'm really uh, uh, oral downwards.
3: Uh, yeah.
1: I, I don't go the other direction, so uh, yeah. uh, I, I think it has. It, it 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 just it doesn't sound natural to me, so I I, I don't. Well, there's uh, been
0: some good research done on it, but I just wonder, you know. And Steve, I probably for that therapy, I probably wouldn't use the Kona coffee; it's just too much <laughs> per pound. <laughs> probably use some uh, some Brazilian uh, stuff.
2: <laughs> well, and then the, thank you. And then
1: I wonder if you could comment on fermented foods. I've become interested yeah. in in home
5: fermentation of foods.
1: Yeah. And I wonder... Yeah, well I mean basically what uh for, for, for our audience is basically fermentation is is basically taking uh, uh, uh foods where the, the sugar in foods is converted to alcohol and in that process, I mean this is what fermentation but in that process you'll have a lot of interesting things that happen. I mean there's uh all sorts of different acids that are produced during that process and there's a lot of Beneficial uh, ingredients that are produced during the fermentation process, and you know things like sauerkraut and all sorts of you know fermented soy, uh, and you and you get beneficial compounds by doing those. So fermented foods does have a number of benefits. One of the benefits is that uh, you know obviously the probiotic uh, uh, effects because uh, it, it it does produce uh, good, some good bacteria that are good for the gastrointestinal tract, but also. Um, there, there, it's interesting that it, it may provide alkalinity in the blood. And that's a real interesting area, which is different from alkalinity in the stomach. This is, we're talking about two different types of alkalinity here. So we know that there are certain foods that uh, can provide uh, that we call acid foods. And when we're talking about acid foods, we're not talking about acid in the stomach. We're talking about acid in the bloodstream. All right? And when we're talking about alkalinity, we're right now I'm talking about alkalinity in the circulation. Mm-hmm. And so what is important then? Why is that a benefit? Because we have this big new movement now about eating more alkaline-based foods versus more acid-forming foods. Again, all this is referring to the circulation, not the gut, not the stomach, because we want acid in the stomach. And so what this is, is this: I'll give you an example. When you drink a can of pop, for example, pop has phosphoric acid in it, which is acidic. So when you drink a can of pop, and the acid level, the the pH is probably around a 2.8 to a 3.4, somewhere in that range. When you drink a can of pop, now, in order for the kidneys to get rid of that acid level, you're going to need probably about 30 liters of urine to dilute that acid level to make it alkaline enough for the kidneys to be able to tolerate it because it can damage the kidneys' high acid. So obviously the kidneys, I mean, you can't come up with 32 liters of, of, of urine to, to dilute a can of pop. So what you've got to do is you have to pull minerals from cells in order to alkalize that acid level. That's right. So you pull potassium, you pull magnesium, you pull calcium out of cells, which are really critical to cells for them to function properly, to, ca- to alkalize this acid you have just produced from the food that you just consumed, and that demineralizes your system, causing all sorts of long-term detrimental effects that could could create all sorts of conditions. So fermented foods, one of the benefits, I believe, is uh, its it's benefit in alkalization of the circulation, uh, bringing it to more alkaline balance instead of more acid uh, levels that are created by, the different types of proteins we consume, you know, the cooked foods, the, uh, the meat, uh, uh, the, 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 the high amounts of carbohydrates, whereas vegetables uh, give you more alkalinity and so do fermented foods. So there's a lot of real benefits with hmm. fermentation because of some of the changes that come with some of the... Uh, uh, uh some of the nutrients in in the foods when when it go through this fermentation process it's, it's quite interesting and I think it's uh it, it, it's an interesting area uh to look at and I'm glad that you know your audience uh, 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 yeah, are, are looking at this so it's a uh, it, it's it's a neat area of, of study
0: but f- fermentation though uh, should only be like a, a, a kind of kind of a condiment type uh addition to right exactly yeah, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. does that help yes, story <laughs>
1: Yes, thank you very much. Oh, yeah, pleasure. you're welcome. Thanks for tuning
0: I, in. All all
1: right. Right. Bye. You know, Yakovus, one of the things I do want to mention as as, as we progress here, because we're talking, we're going to be talking about <laughs> detoxification, God, we've got, time just is flying. But um, uh, there was a great article that I want your audience to look at, uh, and you may have already read this, but it, it appeared in Discover Magazine in 2006, the November issue, and I've got it in my book, and I've also got it on my presentation. It was a picture of two guys. Okay, now these are these are scientific photos. One guy was six foot one, large frame, and the guy next to him was about five foot nine, medium to small frame. Those are scientific two scientific photos of these two individuals standing next to each other. Very different looking individuals who had different diseases. What was fascinating about these two individuals? What really is is telling is this, and confused scientists a lot, was that those two individuals were identical twins. Oh, wow. Their DNA was exactly the same. No difference. So hmm. the scientists, wait a minute, genetically identical, yet very different in size, shape, and looks. What happened? What happened was, they were separated at birth. They grew up in two different environments. The food they consumed, the water they drank, the air they breathed, the things that came in contact with their skin, the nurturing they received was different. That differential changed the behavior of their DNA. Wow. The field is called epigenetics.
0: Hmm.
1: That genes can be turned on or off depending on your environment. So the environment really predicates what you become. The British Medical Journal in 19, in 2004 states that less than 5% of all cancers are, uh, are genetically in- inclined. That wow. over 75% are environmentally induced. The environment predicates what you become. In other words, the chemicals in your system can change the behavior of, their, of your DNA. Wow. This is what really everything is all about, it's that DNA and what the environment does to it. So this is a uh, mind-boggling, real revelation of of, of what the environment can have. Things that we've been talking about for years, Mm -hmm. well, here's a picture that proves it to you that it is the environment that predicates what you become.
0: That's interesting. I think they made a movie of that with uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it?
1: <laughs> yeah, but those weren't identical twins. <laughs> those are biological twins. You see, yeah. but, you know, everybody brings up that Danny DeVito thing. Yeah, those are biological twins. These are identical. Yeah. The DNA is exactly the same. Yeah. So this concept that genetics plays a role in all these things, based on this, is not accurate. And the article is entitled DNA is Not a Destiny. And it really is not a destiny the reason why you get the same things your parents get mm-hmm. is because you do exactly the same things your parents do. Wow. And this has been analyzed in over 22,000 identical twins <laughs> worldwide. So it's not, uh, this is fact, and it should give us a lot of leeway into, you know, what Hippocrates said 2,500 years ago. Hippocrates, the father of medicine, said that you shall find disease in the environment, in the food you consume, in the water that you drink, in the air that you breathe. That wow. was 2,500 years ago. Wow. That has come full circle.
0: Wow, it's that's a, an interesting study. I'll definitely look that up. I hadn't seen that study, so thank you for telling me. I'll see if I can get a copy of that. or read about it on the internet. And that was the Discover magazine from two thousand six November. Wow, right. interesting. Now I have, I know we're coming closer to the to the uh, to the end of this segment, and we have a break coming up. I want to post to you uh, a question I got over the email from Carol, and. Um, Uh, The first question is, but I I don't think we're going to get to that, Carol, so if you're listening, uh, she wants you to discuss the popular Acai Detox Weight Loss Program, unless you want to jump on that, Uh, discuss the popular Acai Detox Weight Loss Program. The second question is, is there a positive or negative effect on detoxing for persons having hypothyroidism, which was actually one of the things I brought up at the top of the show, and also a hard question. Is Dr. Morello familiar with pulse pressure? And how would detoxifying affect or reduce high pulse pressure? So those are the questions. And uh, you can think about it while we have a while we have a break. When we come back, we'll answer those. Uh, Dr. Morello, Gaetano Morello will be with us just for another 25 minutes or so. Stay tuned because we will be right back. Uh, Dr. Morello, thanks so much for being with us. I know we're limited in our time, but we just have to make it a part two and a part three at some point in the future. <laughs> have you had a chance to uh, think about some of the questions that you had? You
1: know what? I, I, what were the questions? <laughs> I can just ask them again. Sorry.
0: Well, that that's really a setback that you didn't think about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The first question was, and I don't know if we have time about it, but uh, she asked if you know anything about the popular acai detox weight loss program the second question uh, was is there a positive or negative effect on detoxing for persons having hypothyroidism and uh, uh, she had a heart question if you were familiar with pulse pressure and how would detoxifying affect or reduce high pulse pressure
1: okay so I, okay i got it. all right so uh the first yeah the ICI uh, weight law of uh, hci detox weight loss program I'm I'm not familiar with. Um, Again, detox program should always follow uh, the scientific treatment for detoxification. That's to minimize toxic exposure, ensure optimal health, optimize bowel health, strengthen antioxidant reserves, improve energy production, enhance phase one and phase two, and enhance heavy metal detoxification. That's the protocol to utilize. One ingredient cannot resolve these
0: issues so, Excellent. Uh, Excellent.
1: So yeah. the, the second question was about
0: hypothyroidism. hypothyroidism
1: if detoxification yeah it can be done but again you have to do scientific detoxification and that would that could uh, be a benefit to hypothyroidism so if you follow those protocols and remember you must adjust the digestive tract first uh, but then see what benefits you can get with the hypothyroidism uh, but everybody can be uh, can benefit from a scientific detoxification program and the last question was about you know can I,
0: stuff. I, before you jump on the last question yeah. uh, I, I know that there are people who uh, sometimes feel that they can detox by actually going on a fast and doing for example no, a master no, cleanse no. Uh, the master no, no, cleanse we, and I, yeah, I don't no. think if you have a hypothyroid uh, issue you no, definitely no, no, should really, not fast
1: no that's why I keep referencing scientific treatment <laughs> scientific treatment and i keep mentioning the seven topics and we're going to go i'll answer this last question then we're going to go I'll, I'll go right into it why those okay. lenses don't work and um, the last thing i think it was about pulse pressure right she has high pulse pressure
0: uh yes she was talking about yeah, high so pulse basically, pressure
1: basically basically for for those who are not familiar pulse pressure is uh is, is just basically the difference between systolic and diastolic pressure so for example when you go measure your blood pressure, you'll have two numbers. There's a systolic number, which is when the heart contracts, uh, uh, that's your high number. That'll be like 120 millimeters of mercury. And then the second number we call the diastolic pressure. Uh, that's when the heart relaxes, and that gives us the, our second number, which could be you know, 65, 70, whatever that number is, uh, millimeters of mercury. Pulse pressure is when you, when you subtract those two from each other. So when you subtract the first one from the second one, and you, you get a number so that number we can classify as being too low or the number can be too high. so for example, if your BP is 120 over 70, your pulse pressure you subtract 120 from 70 it gives you 50 so your pulse, your pulse pressure is 50, which is considered above you know about normal uh, uh, when you have if it's below uh, say, uh, you know, I, I think it's 20 or 25, it was all 20 or 25, and I don't remember the number exactly right now. Uh, you know, uh, a low pulse pressure is indicative of and Basically, that's just, and what that measures is, you know, what is the volume of blood coming out of the heart? And, and that could be because of, say, like something like congestive heart failure. We're not getting enough blood flow throughout the body. There is enough perfusion. A A high pulse pressure could be, You know, this is when the number is quite high, when it goes over 80, uh, 100, the differential. So, you know, uh, when you have, uh, for example, 120 over uh, 30 would give you 90. Well, you know, that sounds odd, that pressure right there. So the the pulse would be, uh, pulse pressure would be high. And those could be conditions, you know, we see that in uh, aortic valve regurgitation. We could see that in cases like hyperthyroidism, tachycardia. So this is, anyways, that's the definition of of, of pulse pressure. Uh, The numbers, I I might be off a little bit because I just can't remember every single number, but um, uh, uh, the question is whether detoxification can help with that. Yes, yes. Uh, You know, I, I think this is a more complex issue that needs to be understood more thoroughly by your physician or cardiologist where they have to find out what it is that's causing that pulse pressure to begin with. So you need to find a condition before you even even embark on a detox program for that, so uh, okay, uh, you know, I, I that's the direction I would go. So, okay, so now let's get into detoxification. Well, right.
0: I, I do I do want to do that, but we have a caller on hold who would like to get in okay. touch with you as well. So maybe that will be the 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 the, the million dollar question about detoxing. <laughs> okay, uh, go caller, good morning. Thanks for tuning in today. You're live with Doctor Gaetano Morello. What is your name, and how can we help you, please?
5: Yes, this is Ted. And Hi, Ted. Um, I just uh, I had a couple of things I'd like. Um, the doctor, to comment on. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you've pointed out is the uh, the uh, importance of the stomach acid. Yes. And uh, one of the things that I've noticed over um, the last several probably decades is that we've had this hysteria about removing salt from the diet. And according to uh, Dr. Uh, Joel Wallach, the, uh, eliminating salt from the diet is really something that Uh, interferes with the body's ability to form stomach acid. Uh, He contends that the chloride uh, ion of sodium chloride, salt, is essential for the body to produce uh, proper levels of stomach acid. And I also think he's on the right track there in another way because um, iodine had uh, traditionally been supplemented into the diet through salt and by eliminating salt, you also eliminate a source of iodine. And I think that has led to a, a situation where we have people that are on the verge of having... Um,
0: Hypothyroidism. Thyroid,
5: right, where the thyroid gland just does not have proper levels of iodine yeah. to function properly. And I'd like to hear your doctor's comments on that.
0: All right. Well, thanks, Dad.
1: Okay, well, I mean, for with the salt, I mean, the, one of the... I mean, one of the issues in America is that we have excessive amount of salt, like like you you, you stated. And when we look at the diet we do, there's a lot of salt in the diet. Um, so, um, in in my uh, view, we we do over consume uh, salt. I mean, there's I mean we do have we do need salt. Salt is important. Without salt, I mean, salt is an important sodium chloride is an important uh, uh, important minerals that we need. As you, as you uh, uh, clearly stated, to, to produce hydrochloric acid, to produce all sorts of other things, but uh, I don't believe that it's the low salt, the the fact that we we don't eat enough salt that's producing the low stomach acid. There's the, the issue has been, uh, uh, and you know the mainstream always talks about the fact that we, we have too much acid. But the issue is really the antacids that we put in, the, in into the into the gut that creates this low acid environment. It really stems from that and the levels of stress stimulating the sympathetic response that shuts down all sorts of systems in the gut. These are really uh, contributing factors. When we look at salt, really there's more of an overconsumption of salt than an underconsumption of salt, and that's pretty well across the board. I mean, we we, we just utilize a lot of it, and it's really people that consume a lot of fast foods, and fast foods have salt is used in everything, and so, you know, there is a, 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 a healthy consumption of salt, and there is a, a, an overconsumption of salt, and when you look at it, when we look at the gamut of the population, in my 20 years, you know, uh, if you ask me the question, how many of your patients had low salt consumption, you know, I, I, I can't say that uh, many of them have. If you ask me how many of your patients have an, a, a stomach acid problem, <laughs> lots of them have, is it due to, to, to salt intake? I have to say, no, it wasn't because of salt intake. And how do I know that? Because I've adjusted those issues without changing salt intake. So, uh, you know, be, from a clinical perspective, from my clinical experience in, in my 20 years in practice, and all those, and I, and and, 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 you know, I work on everybody's digestive tract. Everybody comes in, the first thing I do is digestion. It's the first thing I do with everybody. So, and I try to uh, uh, improve digestive function by improving hydrochloric acid production, and I've never changed anybody's salt pattern to do that. Uh, so what that tells me is from the group that I've done in the last 20 years, patients, and it's been thousands of them, you know, that hasn't been the issue. Uh, the issue has been uh, uh, other things, other, other, other contributing factors. Uh, not that low salt intake doesn't cause that, but... Uh, there's been a whole bunch of other issues creating that. But now, I also
0: think, yeah, I, I, I want to jump on that if you don't mind. I, I think also that, Ted, uh, um, that, that the, there is a difference between the salt and, for example, mineral salts. If you look at trace minerals as they appear in the Salt Lake and there are products available for that, we can naturally increase the, the salts that are very nutritious for all the cells in our body and for our digestion, by taking a, a a salt complex as they are produced naturally through our minerals uh, that we find in the ocean. So, and 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 as I say, also in the salt lake where you have about a six to eight times the concentration of 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 minerals as you find in the ocean. Uh, Doctor Morello, would you uh, agree with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with
0: that. I mean, instead of just doing salt always on your food, there are other ways to uh, to increase uh, natural salt that will be much more balanced and beneficial for you. Yeah. Now The
1: All other right, question thanks. was about iodine, right?
0: Yes. Yes.
5: Yeah, what about... I, I, I'm sorry because I, I forgot the question.
0: Well, the iodine, he was... Yeah, go ahead.
5: Yeah, I, I just... The point was if we're reducing our salt intake and that's how traditionally we've relied upon getting iodine into the body... Um if we're reducing the salt intake, we're also reducing the iodine intake and perhaps causing a problem with the thyroid.
1: Yeah, that's a dream. I mean, there, there's I mean, obviously, uh, 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 you know, an iodine, and you know, when you look at why uh, some of us have lower intakes of iodine than others, uh, you know, and iodine comes in all sorts of different uh, uh, formats. I mean, there's potassium iodide, there's uh, sodium iodide. I mean, there, there are numbers of different types. You know, really, it's the way that, you know, The the changes in in the growth practices and farming that's occurred in the last uh, 60, 70 years has changed that. And that's some of the reasons why some of us, because not all of us have this. Some of us have this uh, low iodine content that can cause, obviously, hypothyroidism. But when you analyze it even further, what you find, again, this has to do with uh, chemical toxicities in the environment. that are interfering also with the binding of iodine. In, at the thyroid level, so you can have chemicals that are actually coming into the thyroid gland not because of a deficiency, and there are those deficiencies, but because it impedes the production of thyroid hormone in the thyroid gland. Mm. So this is one of the contributing factors that we haven't really addressed, and that's one of the things I try to address in the concept of understanding what detoxification and cleansing is all about, is really understanding these chemicals that are inside the body that are interfering with the production of T3, just like for example, you know, we talked about the uh, the uh, uh, people that were losing weight where their T3 levels were dropping. Well, is one of the contributing factors in that T3 level dropping the pesticides that were being released that were interfering? With T3 production, which causes hypothyroidism, so is that, a, is that a factor? Yeah, that's a factor. So there's, it's not only that we're not getting enough; it's the chemicals. Too many of those chemicals that are interfering with the production of these hormones. This is the, this is this is a big big aspect of it, and and you can say and you can also ask the question: Well, how come some people are fine, other people are because of the body's a, the differential from one person to the other, and the body's ability to get rid of chemicals. Uh, uh, Bob may have a; a you might be able to get rid of certain chemicals. I may be able to get rid of certain other chemicals, depending on our makeup in these enzymes in the in in, in the liver. Uh, and, and it's a very complex system of the of the phase one and phase two detox systems that really predicates all this stuff. Mm. So it's more okay. complex than than just. You know, we lack iodine in a diet. There there's more to it than that. Because right, we can and fix that go ahead.
5: Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm sorry, go ahead. Um so basically detoxification is very beneficial to the body because it makes everything more available that our bodies yeah, need. Yeah, you know what, that, that,
1: that's, that's an interesting look at it. Yeah. Basically, detoxification, by reducing body burning, by reducing your exposure to chemicals circulating, you improve the body's ability to do things, to function better. For example, uh, think about energy What is energy production? Energy production is this. It's taking oxygen, it's taking sugar, it's taking coenzyme Q10, ribose, and producing your energy molecule called ATP. That occurs in every single cell of your body in these little organelles, these energy production factories called mitochondria. Your heart cells have over 3,000 of them per cell. Your muscle cells have about 350 of them per cell. These are the energy-producing centers. Now, if you have chemicals in your body, they can actually interfere with that production of, of that ATP, that energy molecule. Think about all the people that are fatigued. Is one of the reasons why they're fatigued is because this process, which we call cellular respiration, is occurring because of interfering patterns? Yes, this is a contributing factor. We, we can show that. So we have these interferences, from all these different chemicals and one of those interferences could be thyroid production thyroid hormone production because we've actually shown that to be the case in people that have high levels of organochlorides in their bloodstream which is a which is a pesticide so by mm-hmm. by 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 reducing and you know and the word detoxification you know uh, you know we have to use that got, <laughs> I'm using that but really it's not it's kind of a misnomer because it's more involved in that really the word that I, I, we need to be using is body burden. if we reduce body burden which is the total amount of chemicals present in the body in any given moment, can we improve all these other patterns? My answer to that is absolutely, a lot of things can be improved if we reduce overall body burden. And the only way we can do that is one, to minimize the exposure you have to chemicals, and two, to improve your body's ability to get rid of those chemicals. If we do those two things, we reduce body burden, and logically, from a logical perspective, everything should function better. Yeah. So, and this is the kind of so you see, like detoxification. is really a lot involved in it.
0: Absolutely, so when we,
1: if we can get to that level, and we can start learning. And that's why I say education is so critical. It really is important.
0: What and What is critical? Education. Oh, education. Yes, and I, and, you know, I agree with you. And, the and these
1: infomercials and these people that are going on these fasts and, and, and this fast and that fast, these things are detrimental to the body because you're releasing enormous amount of chemical toxins from from the adipose tissue. And if you can't bind them, if you can't get rid of them, they're going to have very detrimental effects on your body. So detoxification can be very dangerous.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, Ted, I hope that we answered your question correctly. We had to uh, we had to cut you off because there was some disturbances on the line. I do have an email from somebody, from Janet. Janet, I don't know if we'll get to your email, but we have an also, also a caller on hold who would like to get involved. Caller, your name, please. How can we help you? Good morning uh, to you.
1: Mary, and I was wondering what his uh, take on um, acidity, taking like apple cider vinegar for a balance of the...
5: Acidity. the
0: acid hydrochloric acid in the stomach yeah yes i think we kind of touched on that a little bit earlier but oh. uh, th- that's okay uh dr morello uh, apple yeah, cider you know, vinegar uh,
1: yeah you know what apple cider vinegar is really interesting in because you think you know as an acid but uh you know it has some alkaline properties when it gets absorbed into the bloodstream so it's kind, it's, it's kind of a, a, a two-edged sword uh with benefits um so uh, one of the things that uh, Eukovic actually mentioned was that by taking the apple cider vinegar, if you have, if you have uh, sensitivity to that, uh, that means you're producing too much acid. So it's an interesting test to analyze. It does kind of indicate that, but it also indicates the fact that you may have low mucin levels in the stomach as well, so you want to take some DGL to increase those mucin levels. But apple cider vinegar is interesting in that when it gets absorbed into the bloodstream, it actually has an alkalinity of forming a, a, a system where it actually can alkalize the bloodstream, which is interesting, because that's one of the things we kind of want to do, and this is where some of the benefits with apple cider vinegar may be coming into play, yeah. uh, because, you know, we, we've seen it uh, have benefits, but, you know, what is, how is it actually working? Uh, one of the things I always ask is, why? This is why I don't condemn anything, because we don't know until we, 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 we find out more research about it, but it it may be having some alkaline effect in the bloodstream, Yes. Uh, which is something we want to do because we do have a lot of acidity in the bloodstream, which is causing demineralization. So uh, I think it has some
0: benefits. Yeah, and I, I also think that uh, that... Sometimes we talk about acid and we talk about alkaline, and everybody says, Oh, acid is bad, alkaline is good. It doesn't work that way. You have okay. you have three ways to check. You have your saliva, you have your blood, and you have your urine, and you cannot be alkaline in all of them. It, it it has to be there, has to be a balance, and the body is trying to regulate it all the time because it is really in your service. And so we just need to give the body the tools to to, to provide that service of digestion and healing and rebuilding and regenerating. Generating and to slow down aging as much as we can by uh by taking the right nutrients and 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 uh, you know uh, detox is also very important now uh, thanks for that call mary i appreciate it apple cider vinegar good information and if you want to read more uh, dr bragg's braggs uh wrote some very interesting information about uh, uh, apple cider vinegar and the therapeutic effects of apple cider vinegar. Of course, that is the raw apple cider vinegar, the unfiltered one, not just regular white-looking apple cider vinegar that has an apple on the front. Uh, That's not the same thing. (laughs) Uh, I have an email. Maybe we can get it in. Uh, We have about a minute. Uh, Janet has a question. She says, I have heard from an Ayurvedic practitioner that taking digestive enzymes will prevent the body from making those enzymes on its own, and that there are other ways to help the body to produce them. Uh, She says, if you take Megazyme, do you need to take it for the rest of your life, or does it help your body balance and regenerate so that it starts producing the enzymes on its own?
1: Great question. I I get that question asked all the time. (laughs) I'm pretty familiar with it. What happens is, yes, uh, it does help the body get the pancreas going again so you know you don't have to take them for the rest of your life you take them and uh, and the pancreas gets going because you're giving it that period where it can rec- recuperate so it, it actually uh, does the opposite um, so it allows the pancreas to better regenerate itself and help the pancreas better produce enzymes that you need so it uh, it does the opposite and remember this uh, is it Janet uh, Janet that's, Janet Janet the body is always replicating itself. Your body is turning over continuously. Making, For example, your thigh gets remade in every four months. So mm-hmm. everything is regenerating itself. The body continuously gets remade. So the things you put in it will in, in, in essence be what you become. So it really is important to remember that. So the pancreas also regenerates itself. So by, by giving it that rest period, that support system, it is able to regenerate itself and re- produce uh the levels of pancreatic juices that you need to digest.
0: So, well, I I think uh, it's a great end. I know we're going to have to do another show where we really dig deep into detoxing, but Dr. Gaetano Morello, thank you so much for being with us and all the best with your research.
1: All the best to you as well. And a great 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 show and, uh, and thank you for having me.
0: All right, folks, we'll be back next week Saturday from 8 to 11. Talk to you then.